ways of sharing the story, our stories, asserting ourselves, as you said, you know, that inclusivity, Mwalimu Michelle, that you talked about in this knowledge production. Um, one of the ways is just publishing, for instance, what we're doing today, you know, launching a journal, but, but both of you have, you know, so many written pieces that, you know, are not, the, the custodians of that knowledge is not in Africa to be a bit critical here, but there is a reason behind that. And I think it's important for us to speak about it a little bit to share with us, you know, the tangible part of indigenizing. At least you've talked about teaching and the attitudes that students have, but I want to know more about publishing in itself, you know, compensating artists, intellectuals uh, for, for, for their for, for their work, for their intellectual property. Um, it's undervalued, um, this, this knowledge that you're talking about of sharing and asserting, it's undervalued in itself. So could you tell us a bit more, I'll start with you, Malini Mishari, of course, um, on this tangible part of indigenizing, on publishing. Why is it that we don't see, you know, a, a lot of importance and value being given to our own scholarship? Why do we have to run to Europe or the global north extensively? Why are they so expensive for students, for instance? <laughs> uh, we have to probably go online to run, uh, not fall guilty of plagiarizing. So Karibu, Malini Mishaya, you have the road. <laughs> Thank you so much. In typical um, lawyer style, you, you bring in a very loaded statement, and, and there are so, so many aspects of it. Mwana <laughs> Sharia, that really, I, I just hope that you are not setting us up to confuse us. But I, I, I will try. It's a very, very complex and multifaceted question you're posing to us. But let me start with publishing. And let me say something that really will sound negative and dangerous. But to also say that one of the things that we have to learn, and, and very, very fast too, is that publishing also has its own politics. In terms of what the editors want, or what the publishers will publish or not publish, or what they will even claim is publishable or not publishable. I've had a, a long history with, with a book on um, uh, Field Marshal Mudoni Wakirema, uh, who um, claims that title because she argues that uh, Kimathi said that the last day of the uh, generals to emerge from the forest of Mount Kenya and Nyandarua, um, you know, um, will also be crowned field marshal. But at any rate, this story of field marshal Mudoni Wakirima, I've tried publishing the, the work. Um, for more than almost 20 years now, and publishers have got demands on how it needs to be done. The way I've done it is in Oricha style, like a conversation between mother and daughter, and we are also, um, we have uh, as part of the story, uh, Field Marshall's younger sister. So we are having a conversation. We are sitting, Margaret, the sister, and myself, we are sitting at the feet of our elder, um, getting this wisdom, asking questions, getting answers, it's a debate. But the person at the center is the field marshal. And I want her voice to be heard. I want her to speak in her own terms and, and, and to be listened to and for people to acknowledge that this is knowledge they are getting. But the publisher wants me to write it in the third person, not in this conversational way. And I'm saying, no, this is an orator piece. 
And, and this is what how I want it. So I've had a long, long history of having problems with publishing this work because of that. So my um, response to you is that we must not forget that, um, you know, just like in the classroom, um, in uh, knowledge production, in the universities, in journalism, in whatever, you know, politics are at play. And we have to engage very, very actively in understanding this. Otherwise, if we are rejected or our works are rejected, we sort of feel like uh, we have failed you. You have not. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that we may not fail because sometimes rejection just means you have to work that much harder. But I'm saying that we have to understand that in publishing, there is also politics. And that, um, you know, we have to demystify also this idea of the book as the source of knowledge. And this is where um, what uh, people like Mwalimu um, Kemani and others are doing in film is so, so important. Because if there is scholarship that has asserted indigenous knowledges and sites of knowledge, it's in film and filmmaking. You think of scholars like um, Haile Gerima, Samben Uzman, um, Julie, Julie Dash, and so on, and, and what they have brought in terms of a new aesthetics. You know, for instance, in their stories, the hero and Shiro is that child from the village or that woman grandmother who has taken care of, you know, their child, children and so forth. In Julie Dash, there is an assertion of embracing a site of knowledge that has got to do with African spirituality and so on. So yeah, into publishing, we have also to assert our spaces in there and say, this is new. You may not have had this before, but this is what I want. But of course, to do this, we have to have our own publishing houses and to have publishers who are committed to this reproduction of um, the new knowledge that um, we have in place. You know, Mwanasharia, um, Melissa, eugenics were another very, very dangerous um, kind of thing that happened in the um, history of colonization because, you know, people, the, 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 there was an assertion that the only race that had any knowledge and anything to be thought of was the white race. And therefore, to get there, you had to be cloned. And, and this cloning is something that um, happened in such a way that if our authors, uh, as a person in literature, have called them walking lies um, or called them being tools or whatever, who are trying so hard to be like the white person themselves. But you know, um, and, uh, this is an observation that I can't remember which Caribbean writer said, However hard you try climbing that road to whiteness, you never quite make it. You never quite get there. However hard you try to speak in that accent and so on, you can never get it as polished as um, you know the person born in it. So in publishing then, we have to negotiate new spaces and redefine them and insist on occupying them. This, this thing about getting the seat and sitting there and refusing to be moved is so important, you know. We have to occupy those spaces, but to do that also, we have to do good work and we have to do new work. We cannot mimic, we cannot afford, you know, to become clones. And I'm telling you when whoever it is sees something new and you are ready to hold on to it, explain it and assert it, they will begin respecting you, even as they may differ from you. Yeah, so um, there are multiple ways of looking at this. Uh, 
And one of them is to, as uh, Professor Michelle says, we need to find new ways of telling our stories and new platforms in which we can narrate them. Hosted in Africa, a platform outside the academy, extending these conversations. So we need to have a new, new spaces where we can tell different stories which may not find traction with the establishment. I am also persuaded that we have to find other forms of telling besides the written, because our societies are oral. So have we tapped, for instance, the digital sphere to record all those, all those important voices we, we know to be in the village, in every part of this country and continent? Have we utilized the new technologies to you know, bridge the gap between the strictures of the structured systems that we know is a refereed journal, it takes this kind of uh, writing in this kind of mode. We we need to be we need to be creative. Um, and I'm and, and I'm thinking uh, you know coming from journalism, where uh, young people especially are reading stories differently or or hearing or seeing stories differently. Similarly, uh, other spheres of knowledge will have to find new avenues to uh, to share their knowledge uh, with entities that are not in the space where we are. And I'll, and I'll give you a, a very brief example. You're talking of tangible, um, you know, initiative, initiatives in the past. Uh, and I'll refer to the 1968 campaign in Nairobi, uh, the University of Nairobi, where uh, Professor Ngugiwa Thiongo, Tabano Leong, Awur Anyumba, um, <clears throat> and uh, of course, uh, you know, Professor Michelle and others uh, were in the same movement. Um, insisted on the place of African literature. They said, you cannot teach uh, what's being taught to, uh, to Cambridge and Oxford students in Nairobi. They should be learning first what's in, in their own environment. And then once we master what's going on uh, and they found oral, oral literature, oral narratives to be the foundation of our societies, uh, that became a focal point in their struggle. Then they, then they argued, once you master your own environment, you can see what are other connections you can make within your history. Africa's diasporas. Um, is it the Caribbean? Is it, uh, is it in, in the US? Is it in uh, India and other colonies, in, in Palestine? So these, 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 these conversations were being fostered by people who understood we have to supplant our knowledge in this ecosystem that doesn't seem to be paying attention to what we have produced so far.